0: Have you ever really looked at your feet? I would suggest to you this evening that human feet are uh, definitely a matter of function over form, or we might even say that their form is their function. In other words, uh, your feet are not there for you to look at because they're not much to see. Instead, human feet are there for the sake of balance and movement. And when we apply this significance of feet to the vision of John, the vision of one like a son of man whose feet were like burnished bronze, I think the point is to see Christ in terms of his movement as the one who has come, the one who has, as it were, walked into our midst, bringing with him truth. John even includes these words in the introduction to his gospel. He he writes, the true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. And he also writes that grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So, to see Christ as one like the Son of Man, whose feet were like burnished bronze, is to see Him as the one who who comes, the one who comes in glory, the one who comes with truth. In fact, according to John 14, he is the way and the truth and the life. And Isaiah 52 verse 7 says, How beautiful are the feet of him who brings good news. And all of this fits so well with the fourth letter of Revelation. Because there is the warning here against mysticism. And here is the call to resist. To resist any made-up truth. And to hold fast to the revealed truth of God's Word. So this evening, let's listen to the, the letter that Christ sent through John to the church in Thyatira... And let's hear the call of Christ to avoid the danger of mysticism. The call of Christ is to avoid the danger of mysticism and instead to hold on to the forthright and marvelous teachings of God's Word. We hear this call most clearly in verse 24 with these words, but to the rest of you in Thyatira who do not hold this teaching who have not learned what some call the deep things of Satan. To you I say, I do not lay on you any other burden, only hold fast to what you have until I come. So as a first point, let me, let me say clearly what I mean by mysticism, and uh, let me explain why I use this particular word to describe the problem in Thyatira. Thyatira. I will grant that the word mysticism is a rather general word that names a broad category of religious beliefs and practices. But I use the word here because of Christ's reference to learning what some call the deep things of Satan. Mysticism is the deception that there is a secret, mystical truth that we must discover. And the way to gain it is perhaps to go deeper into ourselves or, or deeper into some spiritual realm to obtain truth through some spiritual experience. But over and against such error, Christ prays for us, saying, Holy Father, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. So by this reference to what some call the deep secret, the deep things of Satan, we see that some in the church in Thyatira had given themselves to a kind of mysticism. Uh, (coughs) They had given themselves to believe that there was some secret, deep, mystical truth that they had to discover and that some woman in the church claimed to be able to teach them. This woman is uh, referred to here by the name Jezebel, which uh, may have been her actual name, or it uh, may be Christ's way of connecting her to the Jezebel of the Old Testament, who was a very evil woman, a woman who is not at all interested in or committed to God's truth either way christ makes it clear that her teaching was nothing less than the teaching of satan as it was in the teaching of jesus in his early uh, er- earthly ministry in the flesh so it is here we don't have to ask jesus what he really what he really thinks what he really means and 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 it's true of all such spiritual truths supposedly discovered by this mystical Uh, fashion uh, this is what makes mysticism so dangerous it it opens people up to the teachings of satan not that they immediately charge headlong into gross immorality and and idolatry although some in thyatira uh, had had done so but any teaching that is not of god's word is the teaching of Satan. Even the initial idea of discovering truth deep within us or, or in some spiritual realm, but otherwise apart from the word of God, the whole idea of mysticism is surely the teaching of the evil one. Here we need to point out that uh, the evil one is, uh, is not so, is not so foolish, not so stupid that uh, he goes bounding around shouting false teaching. Instead, he often masquerades as an angel of light. In 2 Corinthians 11, 13 and 14, it says, For such men are false apostles, deceitful workmen, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. So, so the evil one is, is not given to jumping out at us as a, a, as a demon of darkness, demanding that we follow him. He comes rather in disguise as an angel of light, saying things that on the surface may seem okay and maybe even quite good. Think about how he came to our first parents in the Garden of Eden. perfect example he He came on the sly in the form of a serpent he came promising knowledge and wisdom and and a higher state of existence within this world. But the most telling thing is that he came first calling into question the Word of God and then openly denying the same in genesis three one uh, He first says, did God actually say, did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? But just a moment later, in Genesis 3 verse 4, he even contradicts the word of God when he says, you will not surely die, which was a flat out lie. Think about how the evil one came to our Lord as he was tempted in the desert. He, uh, he waited until Christ was in a state of weakness after 40 days of fasting. Uh, and his effort was to turn our Lord away from the word of God in exchange for spiritual experience. If you are the son of God, throw yourself down, said the evil one, that, that God might bear you up. And each time Satan tempted Christ to find strength and encouragement, in some other way, our Lord instead sought strength and encouragement in the very word of God. Because, as he said, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Brothers and sisters, it's the same with us. Should we expect to hear the teachings of Satan only from the self-avowed Satanist? The evil one knows we are not likely to listen to a self-avowed Satanist. He knows that we are much more likely to listen to the self-avowed preacher who has a Bible in his hand and who uses the right vocabulary, but who at some point will depart from the Word of God. The question is whether we know God's Word well enough to recognize the point of His departure from the truth. But as soon as we give ourselves to mysticism, we open ourselves to the deception of the evil one, and we, we make ourselves vulnerable to his attacks. Having given ourselves to mysticism, we have separated truth from the Word of God. Now we must uh, or, or, or now we, now, in that scenario, we have allowed that that there is some spiritual truth not found in God's word that we must gain on our own. And the evil one says, great, great. That's, that's right where I need you to be. You can have your Bible. All I need is the right opportunity to add or subtract from it. But the call of Christ in Revelation 2.24 is not to learn what some call the deep things of Satan. Which brings, to, uh, brings us to a second point, namely that mysticism is really a, a great burden on our backs. Let's realize this. Christ goes on to write, But to the rest of you in Thyatira, who do not hold this teaching, who, do not, uh, who have not learned what some call the deep things of Satan, to you I say, I do not lay on you any other burden. And, and note as I, as I read that, The emphasis on the word I. I, I'm not the one laying on you another burden. Because it would seem to me that that Christ is making a distinction here between his truth and the so-called truth of mysticism. Mysticism is a burden because it requires us to figure out so much truth for ourselves. It may even require that we go on a long and difficult journey whether literally or figuratively in search for truth but the truth of christ has come to us or i should say the truth of christ has come to us <laughs> it has been given to us indeed christ himself who is the way and the truth and the life has come to us in in our own flesh that we might know the truth and that the truth might set us free on most journeys, as, as long and difficult as they may be, you can always pull out a map and, and see something of your progress. But there's no way to, to do that on the mystical journey uh, for truth. As, as soon as you begin, you have no idea how far you've gone. You have no idea how much progress you've made. Um, you have no idea when, uh, if ever, you're going to arrive at what is truly true. Perhaps you started out in the wrong direction and will have to go all the way around the world finally to arrive the next county over uh, in order to find truth. Uh, perhaps you missed it on the second day of the journey and, uh, and you're never to pass that way again. Mysticism is a, is a terrible burden to take upon oneself because the truth of mysticism always, always remains elusive. And undefined. And so we might inquire then, well, why do people choose to give themselves to mysticism? And it's because it it, it feeds our pride so well. Sinners are, are, are just that foolish. They would rather bear the burden of obtaining truth on their own rather than having truth proclaimed to them by the Word of God. Mysticism may be a great burden. They may even realize that, but they they hold out the hope of arriving at truth and being able to say, I got there on my own. I didn't need any help. But another reason why mysticism is so attractive is because people don't like the truth of God's Word. The message of God's Word set forth as eternal, unchanging truth is painfully clear. There is a God. He is holy and just. There is judgment for sin. We are born in sin and we live daily as objects of his wrath and in need of his salvation in Jesus Christ. We we can't save ourselves. We we can't even contribute to our salvation except by contributing the sin for which or from which we need to be saved. So why accept such teaching as the eternal, unchanging truth of God? Because it's the truth that sets you free, free from sin, free from judgment, so that there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But unless we are humbled to accept God's truth and to be set free, pride will dictate that we choose instead the burden and and the chains of mysticism. And turning away from God's truth, we will journey on in some, in some search for some other truth despite the crushing burden of it, and all for the sake of pride. And if pride endures, if pride endures, we will choose to be completely lost, crushed, rather than submitting to the truth. Of God's word that will set us free in Christ. So it would seem to me that the last sentence of verse 24 forms an antithesis to the call of Christ in verse 25. Unlike Satan and his so called deep secrets, Christ will not impose any such burden upon us. He only calls us to hold fast what we have. Until he comes, in other words, this is a, a third point. God's truth is a truth given to us. We don't have to go in search of it. It has come to us. It has come to us. We we don't have to search for it. Our, our God is not a a, a distant God. Um. Our God is not a God who says, well, you can know me, but you have to find me. Our God is not a God who says, my truth will set you free, but first you must discover my truth hidden away in some remote corner of the world. Instead, God has come to us in the person of his Son. The very word of God has become flesh and has made his dwelling among us. And now the word of God is, is living and active and it's being proclaimed every day to this world. And so Christ says even to us here this evening, I am not the one laying a burden on you. I do not lay on you any other burden, only hold fast what you have. He is not sending us on a a mad search for truth. You already have it says Christ. Now hold on to it. God's word is in our hands. God's truth has been given to us. Knowledge and wisdom and insight and mystery are all revealed to us in Christ and in the written word of God. If we would be those, as verse 24 says, those who have not learned what some call the deep things of Satan, then we must be those, as verse 25 says, who hold fast what we have until Christ comes again. In fact, this is what we hear over and over again in God's Word. Let me give you a, a quick survey of verses. First Corinthians 15, verse 2 says, Now I remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast. To the word I preach to you, unless you have believed in vain. In Philippians 2, verse 16, the church is called to be holding fast to the word of life. In 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 15, it says, So then, brothers, stand firm and hold to the traditions that you were taught by us, either by our spoken word or by our letter. In 1 Timothy 3, verse 9, it says of deacons in the church that they must hold the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience. And here with this reference to mystery, we can note that if anyone wants something deep, which is what mysticism often promises, if if you want your truth to be deep, you again need look no further than the Word of God which you already have. But one last verse in this quick survey, Hebrews 4, verse 14 says, Since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. So have we picked up the pattern in all of these verses The Christian faith is not a religion that sends us deeper into ourselves for truth, except to know more of our sin. In Jeremiah 17, it says that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. The deeper we go into ourselves, the more we see we need to come out of ourselves. The deeper we go into ourselves the more sin and sickness and deception we will find. So let us not expect to find truth there of all places. Rather than sending us deep into ourselves, God's word drives us out of ourselves and leads us to Christ. For he is the word, he is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. But even more, the Christian faith is not even a religion that sends us anywhere to find truth. Instead, truth is given us, freely, graciously given to us. So the call of God's Word is not to go find truth, but to hold on to what we have received, to what we have been given. And the call is not to go find the gospel, but having received the gospel, to go and preach that truth to others, because The world is buried in lies. The world is lost in deception. So are we mystics here at Terre Haute RPC? Have we given ourselves in any sense to mysticism? Mysticism is uh, is certainly a significant influence in the wider culture and even in the church today. So do we expect to gain some spiritual truth from anywhere other than the Word of God? Do we expect to meet with God in worship? Without God's Word, it's the basis for that that meeting. Without the Word of God, we have no relationship with God except to be objects of His wrath and to know Him as our judge. That's the only relationship we can have with our Creator apart from His Word. Without the Word of God, we cannot know Him. We cannot approach Him. We have no reason to expect His blessing. We have no reason to expect the blessing of God upon us apart from or without the promises of the gospel that we have in the Word of God. What fools we are if we neglect God's Word in the worship service. What fools when we neglect God's Word at home. What fools we make of our children if we neglect to teach them the Word of God because the call of Christ is to hold fast what we already have. And what we have here in in the Word of God is God's eternal, unchanging truth for our salvation in Jesus Christ. By God's word, we have a relationship of peace with God. We have a covenant relationship with God. Be astounded by that, brothers and sisters. Be astounded that God's word gives us, sinners as we are, a relationship of peace with a holy God. We have fellowship and communion with God. By His word... We hear His voice. We know His gracious will towards us. And we receive His great and precious promises to us in Christ. Why why would we ever mess around with mystical ideas? Why look for truth anywhere else? Why expect God to say anything more than what He has gloriously set forth in His Word The only reason is pride and sheer unbelief. But as for us, let us not seek to learn Satan's so-called deep secrets. Instead, as people of the Word, as believers in Christ, let us hold fast to what we have until he comes. Amen. Let us pray. Father in heaven, thank you for coming to us. For giving your truth to us. And we thank you that that truth is Christ. And the gospel of salvation in him. Grant that we would not ever be tempted some mystical idea of learning something new, something different, something further that would surely only lead us astray from the full and the free knowledge of Christ and the faith that we have in Him. Lord, protect this congregation of Your people. Protect each of us individually. Protect our children. For indeed, we live in a world that is Always tempting us to want to find our own truth, even in our day, to decide what reality is. And, O oh Lord, give us compassion for such a world, and grant that we would be bold and willing even to suffer in proclaiming your truth that so many others in this world would be set free by your truth, even as we have been. Bless us, O Lord. Make us to be people of your truth, boys and girls, men and women, people of your truth, and help us to be proclaimers of your word in this, uh, in this world of deception. We ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen.